Please. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Yo, what's up? It's your boy, D Starks. Starks the artist. And you are now tuned in to the Justin from Podcast, where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. We're here. We are finally back in person yeah. in the studio yeah. if you haven't noticed or been watching on youtube we have been doing most of our episodes remotely for honestly the past two months starting with yeah, the interview yeah, a little bit then coming into august you know as we've kind of like just stepped into year three so it's the first time that we're both like in the same city the same building so it's it's nice to be back. It feels good, man. Yeah, you know, I got the lights and the <laughs> the lights and the camera, and it's just different, bro. There's something different about it every time. No, and actually, a few people have noticed, or at least like reached out and said, like the last few episodes, there's been like a lag or like some weird, just like static in the audio. Um, so that's something that we're gonna be getting fixed. Um, it should be, you know polished up soon i think that's because like we've been doing it like remotely and you know some things just kind of like got corrupt but no like i said we're back and yeah i mean we've low-key been traveling i feel i've been almost like not necessarily state to state my dad told me that today he said yeah man you've been you've been you've been across the world huh i'm like bro i've been in one city (laughs) (laughs) i i i'm not i'm not that at all bro so it is it, it feels nice to be back home and I wanted to ask you, do you have dark mode on on your phone? Yeah, on everything. See, recently, I guess I've been having like a change of heart. I would have never thought I, I would go back. But I don't know. I, I saw a video back, of someone explaining yeah. the fact that it's almost unnatural for us to be, of course, like within like darkness, like confined spaces, like et cetera. And yeah. so it's like... It's probably somewhat detrimental to your mental health if your phone is always like on dark mode. And they were correlating it. And I was like, well, that somewhat makes a lot of sense. And so I was like, you know what? Like, let me just like try this out. And I'm like, yo, I do kind of feel like a lot lighter and brighter and just a different type of energy. Like dark mode is. Bro. <laughs> no, I love you. I'm, I'm going to let you cook, bro. Keep going, bro. I'm not, I'm not even trying to mess up your, your little thing you got going on. Bro. Oh, man. <laughs> No, nah, but I only ask because it's honestly been on my mind recently. And I'm like, man, I wonder how many people are suffering because their phone is on dark mode. They need to come over to the light. Oh, yeah. You know what, bro? I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, it logically adds up. I just I'm know a, that. It was I don't on TikTok. It was a TikTok video you saw? Yes. I don't be using hmm. dark mode no more. But I, I've, I've switched up. What was the dude wearing? He had glasses on? Huh? Did he have glasses on? Why? Because he's trustworthy if he did. Bro, listen. I'm just saying maybe just experiment and see how your mood i'm gonna switch change. it up. i'm gonna switch it up i mean to be fair i don't even be on my phone for real the only things that i would notice the dark mode on is my settings and maybe youtube but i'm gonna switch it up just to see what it does you feel me i think it's important bro i think if somebody said you're not depressed your phone just on dark mode or something <laughs> goofy like that i'm like oh okay bet but no yeah so i guess i want i mean i'm assuming most people have their phone like on dark mode so yeah, y'all just y'all just let us know. Yeah, see, see, yeah. see how we feeling about yeah, it. Bro. Switch it up, see a what little, it does. A little challenge, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Nonetheless, let's go ahead and tap in. 
get into it. Let's do it, bro. To the first segment of the podcast, what's the word? We come, we speak to, break down anything we've been studying and getting into in the Bible, you know, the word of the week, the message. We come and like, you know, we like pastors on a Sunday. So talk to me. Go ahead. Take them away, bro. No, it's all you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this, bro. Well, I guess, hold on. Take, take, no, it's still month, August. It's still August. It. You're right. Ahead, it's still, it's August 30th, man. So we can, we can go ahead and, and tap into this. So... I, w- I was reading in, this was actually yesterday, and this was a, it's called um, Zephaniah's book in the Old Testament. It's a pretty, it's what? Zephaniah. Who's Zephaniah? Zeph with a Z. Oh, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> he said, who's Zephaniah? Who's Zephaniah? Why is it Zephaniah? Let me tell y'all, I'm not tapped in with the Old That's Testament. So funny, I would have never known. All right, nah, go ahead. for real. Go um, ahead, go ahead. Do your thing. But yeah, you yeah, know, it's, it's a pretty short book. It's about. It depends on your on your Bible and the font. But mine's it was about like it was three chapters, like four pages, something like that. It was pretty short. But there's a lot of gems in there, so y'all need to tap in. But I'm specifically coming with one verse that to me is. It, I got a lot of points, I guess, or, or encouragement from it. So it's Zephaniah one seven. So it simply says, indeed, the Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has consecrated his guest, right? So let's talk about the first takeaway I got from this verse. So the first takeaway is simply the importance of being consecrated and understanding what that truly means. So it's saying like he has consecrated his guest, meaning you cannot be his guest unless you are consecrated, right? So, right, you can't even partake in... I guess what this this uh, symbolic party or invitation that you got, unless you are consecrated. So that for me, that was just a, a point of just uh, like a call to action, right? Like you have to be making sure that you are seeking out that process of being consecrated, um, sanctification, holiness, right? That all of that's important, which is stuff we've been touching on for, you know, a little bit now. So that's the first takeaway. And then the second takeaway was really encouragement. So the first one was called to action. The second one is encouragement in the sense that like he consecrates his guest and it's not our job, right? So I'm gonna read the verse again. Indeed, the Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has consecrated his guest. So yes, consecration is important, is important, but it's him that's doing the consecrating, right? It's not in our own strength. It's not in our own works. It's by his grace that it happens. It's just us accepting the grace. So the way that I kind of... uh looked at it was with the the word guest so i kind of looked at that okay if you're a guest you receive an invitation right guests are invited so with the sense of like him consecrating his guests it would symbolically be as if there was like a big banquet going on somewhere in big castle right and then as soon as you accepted the invitation and gave yeah i'll be there like i'll give it my yes that would be as if the person sent you a tailor to get you a tailor-made suit. You know what I'm saying? I sent you a barber to the crib to make sure you was, you was all nice. And they got all the food and everything. All you had to do was say, yeah. And then they did everything else. They provided the transportation to the venue. They flew you out, whatever the case may be. So that's kind of like the same thing in this sense. He consecrates his guests. So as a guest, you receive that invitation. You accept it, right? And then it's his, he does the consecrating. It's not something that we do it's we partner with it right we we submit under him we give it our yes and then he takes us through that process but it's it's like you have to you have to take the the pressure off because sometimes i i think i get in modes where constantly this is a constant lesson i'm have to having to remind myself of where it's, it's not my weight to carry because you could sh- you can so easily get into this this cycle where it's like you know my works and oh i didn't read for an hour today and oh i didn't 
I didn't, uh, I woke up kind of late. I didn't get time to pray. How, and you feel like you messed up or you feel like God doesn't love you or you feel like, you know, and it's, it's, you have to get back to this place where you realize, no, like he consecrates his guest. It's not necessarily a weight that I have. It's not, it's not a weight that I have to carry. And the reason why I think this lesson is, is important as well is because I've just been noticing that's how the enemy functions. Like sometimes you feel like he can add weight to your life, but that's not necessarily what he's doing. He's just getting you into a position where you're carrying weight you were never meant to. It's not that he's adding weight. He's just trying to trick you into taking on the weight off of God's shoulders. That I think that's what the enemy does. He tries to trick you into this mindset and this mind state where it's like, oh, it's, it's my job to do this and do that and do that, right? Um, and then that's where the pressure comes because it's weight that you weren't supposed to carry. So that's why I love this verse. Those two takeaways for one, consecration is vital. You cannot be a guest without it, but good news, bro. Like God consecrates his guests. It's not your job. All you have to do is, you know, submit under him and then the rest will follow. Um, so yeah, it's just not your weight to carry. That's really the main takeaway I got from that though. No, and something that... I feel like I've been reminded of here recently. I've been hearing and just like repeating to myself is like just a simple phrase or aspect of like, there's no pressure. Mm. And that's what I just tell myself. Sometimes I can find myself just like day to day when I'm thinking about what needs to get done, things I want to accomplish, like my future or anything along those lines. I just tell myself no pressure, no pressure. And I believe that like all pressure um, to that extent or in the lane in which we're talking about it comes from expectation. Right. And to your point, I think the weight comes and all of this stress is when like the expectation we feel as if it's on us. Mm, Yep. Like we expect that our our output has to be to this degree or to this level for Mm -hmm. the outcome or result to take place. But when we shift our expectation to God, putting it in his hands to what he can do and what he can achieve through our submission, our yes, and everything that we can give to him, then that's when we're, you know, day by day, step by step, able to just like, you know, remove that weight off of our shoulders. And so that's crazy that you say that because that's something that, I've been reminded of and yeah. finding a lot of peace in recently, especially when it just comes to like thinking toward, you know, like the vision of like, all right, what does life have to offer? And like, what should I do next? It's just like, there's no pressure. Yeah. And, you know, putting, putting that your expectation and your hope like in him and not so tied up in like what you think that like you can do, right. Understanding yeah. you have a part to play, and giving your yes and your obedience but you know outside of that like having um that assured trust in god and allowing him to to show up in whatever capacity that looks like yeah just just to add one more piece to that in terms of like there's no pressure something my girl had told me last night it hit so different and i didn't i didn't really it didn't really hit till this morning because i wrote it down and i read it and it's what she told me she said god doesn't need you he wants you and and the reason why i felt like that hit so different is because i think when you feel like God needs you. There's such a pressure attached to it. You know what I mean? Like God needs you to, you got to need, need you to be doing this. He needs you to be doing that. He needs you to be doing this. And when you realize this, no, he's just a father that wants me. Like, you know, he chooses me. It's not like this. Oh, he needs you. I kind of think about like, say a scenario where a friend hits you up and they call you like freaking out. Like, Oh, I, I need you to come pick me up right now. 
you're still going to do it, but there's just a lot of pressure there. It's a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, not an anticipation, but I can't think of the word, but there's a lot of pressure with that opposed to if a friend hits you up like, yo, like I'm out here, like, can you, can you scoot, come scoot me, like pick me up on some like, yeah, I like, I just, I would like you to pick me up. It's just less pressure to it. You know what I mean? So to me that, that, cause I'm kind of in the same place where it feels like I, I kind of keep finding myself in this position where I'm just carrying all this weight. But when she said that, it felt like, you know, no weight. Like he, he, mm-hmm. he wants me, like he's choosing me. He's a father that wants me. And that's, you know, I think that's, that's everything. That's real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it that, that definitely is humbling as well, but I, I definitely, I resonate with that and I love it. Like God doesn't need you yeah. at all, <laughs> but he desperately wants you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that changes everything. So getting into kind of what I feel as if I have been learning so far this week and this has really stemmed from a lot of things that i heard like this past weekend and i've been getting like revelation on like different like definitions concepts and ideas that like i didn't necessarily know before that's putting a lot of things in context and that particular thing within itself um is a verse that we've all heard before and it's in the story of creation it's come from genesis 1 verse 28 And it says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And so something that I learned like this past Sunday was really what the word subdue means like in this particular context. And I think in some versions it speaks to you know being fruitful multiply and have dominion over the earth which is like synonymous and one and the same but really understanding all right like what is the purpose of you know what god has like given us the ability to do and like this command that we see like you know in genesis to all of creation because you know something i've heard before i've never really broken down or understood like all right like what does subdue mean like where does that even come from and whatnot and i think a part of this verse also is the fact that we have to realize that God empowers us with the responsibility for the earth. And so like us, like as mankind, as image bearers of him are called to govern, manage and protect like the sphere of our influence, like in the world, like within itself. And when it comes to subdue, I think we culturally sometimes have like this misconception when it comes to like dominion, especially when it comes to like authority in the word itself. It usually has like a negative connotation um, when people are, of course, like abuse their power and, you know, the positions that they have, particularly like in leadership. But in the Hebrew, this word is kabash. That's K-A-B-A-S-H. And in Hebrew, it has two meanings. And the first meaning could be typically what it may be associated with when it comes to like exploiting, um, abusing, or even like enslaving people when it comes to like the power that you have. But on the other side of that, this word, this word means to tame what is wild, to create order out of chaos, and to create harmony where there is disagreement and mess. And that's really where like it's kind of all came together and started mm-hmm. to hit for me. But it's to tame what is wild, to create order out of chaos, and to create harmony where there's disagreement and mess. And so when we think about 
our purpose here on this earth and what we're called to do. And this kind of is an extension of the conversation we had when it we think about like what it means to be the church. I think we have a misconception or like a skewed view of like what ministry can look like and that it's not just like speaking or preaching the gospel, but also like living that out with our life. And it's like, all right, like, what is that? What would that, what does that look like? Or what would that mean to like live out like the gospel and like, you know, doing kingdom work. And I think it's like, it clearly states it right here. Like in Genesis 128, it's like be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. What does that include? It's taming that, is, which is wild, creating like order out of chaos and bringing harmonies, like whatever situation that there is like around you that you have the ability to affect and change. And so the question really like becomes is like, what is in a state of chaos that needs to be restored back to peace? And like, where's their disagreement where there should be harmony and so forth and so on when it comes to like, what is in your life? Um, because something I feel like I've was been pressed upon my heart is yeah, just really like being the hands and feet yeah. of of Jesus, kind of like what we talked about last week. And so I think this is like just giving me like more language for like what that means. Like it speaks to this like in even Genesis that mm-hmm. it's not just about, I think that when it comes to advancing the kingdom and restoring God's order on earth, that comes through being like a peacemaker that mm-hmm. comes through like, you know, taking care of like the homeless um, and those who are mm-hmm. in need around you. Like these are very specific acts that are you like, you know, showing God's love and his hand. And mm-hmm. it's not, it doesn't look traditionally what we would think like when it yeah. comes to, like evangelism or like ministry, it's not like, oh, you're like giving the word to somebody or like directly like giving them like, you know, bringing them to salvation mm-hmm. or whatnot, but you're still revealing the character of God through these particular actions and these activities. And I think that's something that we miss at times. And we see this idea really like repeated um, in Jesus's ministry uh, on the Sermon of the Mount in Matthew 5, 9, which we probably heard once before, but it says, bless other peacemakers for they will be called children of God. And also we see this in Matthew 25 verses 31 through 40. Um, and to Jesus speaking, he says, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with them, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will enter the uh, enter the Lord and say, when did we you know, feed you when you were hungry, give you drink when you were thirsty? When did we invite you in as a stranger, visit you while you were in prison? And the king replied, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so I find like extremely interesting, like within this passage, when the king is speaking to, rather God is speaking to like, why these people are blessed and are able to receive the inheritance when he's talking about, all right, you gave me food when I was hungry, water when I was thirsty, it has nothing to do with, you know, necessarily like, you know, casting out demons or laying hands on the sick. 
um, these are particular actions that are dealing with the needs um, of people that are being met mm-hmm. um, by those who are ambassadors for Christ. And so not that those other things are not important when we talk about ministry and evangelism and being the church, but it just doesn't end there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so just understanding that and that, yo, like your influence, like in your day to day can like look so different, right? Like, yo, like you taking the time to go and like sit with that person at lunch who's mm-hmm. alone and may not have a friend or someone to speak to, like, yo, that's doing God's work. And it yeah. doesn't have to be you like preaching to the, the gospel to them and or like having this whole sermon or like, you know, deliverance session that can be you literally just being there for them and asking them, like, yo, like, what's your name? Like, where are you from? What do you like to do? Like, tell me more about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's those small moments that I think we take for granted and don't realize that God is in and he's so pleased with. Yeah. Um, and, it, and small things like the community service that we do, like mm-hmm. what, whatever capacity that looks, looks like, like feeding the homeless, like, mm-hmm. you know, donating things to the goodwill. Like, yo, all of these things like point back to him um, and us being an extension of him. And so I don't think those things should be neglected mm-hmm. because I think we can maybe get on one side or the other, but I think they're both necessary for us to continue to like advance the kingdom. And so, yeah, I think I've been very much Mm. diving deeper into like just being a servant of like God himself through like, you know, being there for his people. And so very tangible, practical ways, you know, like I want to like serve more, um, get involved within the community um, and just help people and meet them where they're at. I think it's very important. So do you entertain angels? uh, What's that? It's uh, Hebrews 6, I think. Let me see. I just looked it up. You sold, bro. What? It's not- Hebrews 13, bro. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> it's, still, way it's still Hebrews. You got, you got the address off. a little, right? You, know, so you got the street That's name, way right? Off. You know, the number was wrong. Hebrews 13, too. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some have shown hospitality to angels as well. And I'm always reminded that I, I still remember the sermon I heard about that about that scripture, bro. Do you entertain angels? And I just haven't I haven't forgotten it ever I, since. I honestly I think that's one of my favorite verses and just like concepts. Yeah. Um, because you know, you hear about I think that's very true, just in like uh, a very practical practical objective way that you hear about all these stories about like somebody may have been like on the street yep. um and someone like came and helped them and they then look back and they they, they, they disappeared gone. like <laughs> i really do believe <laughs> you like through different actions and things like we enter we we entertain angels we entertain angels i was thinking about the other night because you know in my prayer time i always pray over like my family um like our our little sister our parents over you like i pray over my entire family and i don't know i just got reminded of the fact that there are other people out there praying for their siblings, their uncle, their aunt, just praying for like God send laborers into the field and send someone that would just show them your love and show them your light. Like that's the same prayer I'm praying and thinking about how I can be the answer to that prayer for someone else. You know what I mean? That person praying for, praying for their daughter, you know what I'm saying? To really have an encounter with Jesus and to experience someone that just love on them and whatever the case may be, like I can, could be that person that, just by going out of my way, you know what I mean? In the grocery store or the stuff that you were talking about, little stuff like that. You don't know, you have no idea the impact that you can really be having with stuff like that. And getting out of the habit of ignoring that inclination. Cause if we honest, like you be having that urge to be like, Oh, I should go over there and just like say something to them or I should go over them. And 
and you'd ignore like, oh, no, it's fine. Oh, they probably don't want me to. Or they look like they, you know, they, they busy or they want to. You, you have no idea what that can do, bro. Like step, step out, step out and, and, and do it. You yeah. know what I mean? You I never, remember you never know. this past weekend, I'm, um, I'm on my way to the airport and like, I'm walking up this flight of stairs and it's going to sound so trivial, but I see this old man and he's like, walk, he's, he's walking up and he stops and I can tell like he's exhausted and yeah. he has like his luggage or whatnot. Mm. And so, you know, I would like here lately, I've been in the, like a really like, um, mood to just like serve and like help people. So I was like, you know, like, oh, well, this is like an opportunity to do so. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, like, hey, like, would you like me to help you, like, with, like, your bags? I can take this up for you. He's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, of course, no problem. Um, So, yeah, I just, like, you know, took it up the yeah. stairs, like, till we got to, like, ground level. And he was, like, extremely, like, grateful, very joyful. He actually gave me, like, a, some money. But, like, the interaction was happening so fast. I'm like, bro, I don't need any. Like, you cool. <laughs> like, it's all good. Um, But I say a lot to say it, it's the little things i think that Real like god talk. looks and like even in that mm-hmm. I, I can't explain it it's just like oh well you, I, I think he's very he, he's pleased with that like i think he mm-hmm. looks down and he's yeah he's happy and his heart is yeah. filled um so you multiply that across so many different scenarios and whatever that looks like yo like bro i like i like i like your shirt like i remember mm-hmm. um i um this was no this was this past weekend too i'm yeah. going out to um brunch and I'm walking into like this restaurant and somebody's like, yo, I like your shirt. Like I like that made it feel very personal. Right. Like it was a lot of hospitality. It was mm-hmm. genuine. I'm like, yo, that's so like that. That's nice. That was dope. I mm-hmm. appreciate you. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's all of those things, like just like in action and the way that we treat people and the way we help people in their time of need. Um that is ministry like that, mm, is, that is ministry that that's God's work. Um, So it doesn't have to be limited to what we may think it does like on a Sunday or like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm having like to pray over you, like, you know, for like, you know, an hour before you just give your life to Christ. Like, no, like it can be these, these gestures of just like love, mm-hmm. um, care, um, and, and just being genuine. So yeah, I like that. I like that. hundred percent. Now getting into our say it again, segment of the podcast where we come and we speak to something that we've either read we've listened to or we heard we felt was noteworthy to run back on the podcast jordan you can tap in with us again starting us off you got you got you got yours yeah yeah, yeah i got it i got it. where's it at (laughs) you need me to go yeah go ahead go ahead take it away all right so i actually saw this did you find it yeah i found it okay go you ahead. want me to go yeah okay go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> i didn't write this part down so i was like oh snap okay <laughs> so i was i was listening to a uh, a sermon that someone had sent me by robert madu i think that the title of it was i didn't know i, I fell asleep that's tough is that the dude in dallas social yeah, dallas social okay. dallas yeah. he was actually just with his wife on uh tim, tim ross's Ross's podcast yeah. there i like that episode but um it's fun it's funny because <laughs> i feel like it's how god always works someone sent me that video like three weeks ago and it wasn't until I saw the podcast that he was on with Tim Ross and his uh, wife that I was like, oh, they sent me that video. And then I went and watched it. Right. And it was exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. Like, if I listened to it when she said it to me, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have meant nothing, bro. So I, I just that's just another cool thing, bro. God always be, be working when, when everything needs to happen. That's how it happens. But um, yeah, it was called I Didn't Know I Fell Asleep. And this wasn't his main point, but a point I wanted to speak to. He said, if you say you're expecting from God, what is your proof of expectation? Right. 
So he was speaking from the instance in Acts where Paul was preaching mad long into the night. And then I forgot the guy that was sitting in the window frame, but he fell. He fell asleep and he fell out the window and he died. And then Paul. It's not, it's not, it's not funny, but it's, it's wild, bro. But he came back to life. So it's okay to laugh at bro. But yeah, Paul came and laid on top of him. He came back to life, but he was talking about that. And he was talking about how the scripture mentioned how, in the room they already had like extra candles because they were expecting that Paul was going to be preaching long. They were expecting to hear from God. So they were like, let's go ahead and prepare. Right. Just in case. So he was talking about how the proof of expectation is preparation. And he was speaking from that. Right. And so I, I was thinking about it as well. And I've, I've always been an advocate for like expectation and it's, it's big. Like God moves on expectation. If there's no expectation, there's nothing for him to agree with, nothing for him to move on. Um, but this just gave me, you know, added language to it. And he was talking about how, although expectation is vital without preparation, it, it really doesn't have as much weight and doesn't mean as much. And this is, I, I'm thinking about scenarios and stories in the, in my mind in the Bible and there's, plenty of them so Noah's ark so he had an expectation that God told him like get prepared for what I'm about to do and in his expectation he prepared and he was building the ark right there's an instance in Exodus 19 when um God told Moses he was going to show himself to to his people on Mount Sinai he was going to come down and he tells them to consecrate themselves so them expecting to see God their preparation was consecrating themselves right and making sure they were ready Another instance, Matthew 25, the parable of the 10 virgins, they, um, well, five of them, five of them didn't, but five of them were prepared and they brought oil for their lamps in expectation for the bridegroom. So there's this common theme of if you have expectation, there would be preparation to match, right? And in all of these instances, it's, it's like, hmm, God isn't necessarily moving on the expectation, but the preparation that follows it, Right. Um, and I, I was also thinking about even in farming and I had to look it up cause I don't know anything about farming and crops and all of that, but there's this thing called tillage, right? So when farmers know that it's the season is coming up to start planting, right. You know, and they're expecting for the season to be right and perfect for the crops they're trying to plant, plant, plant. Oh man. They do this thing called tillage, which is basically turning the soil to control weeds and pets to prepare for seeding. Right. So they have to get the ground ready for the seeds they're trying to plant and the crops that they're trying to see an increase in. And I think this whole parallel of preparation and expectation, or I guess in the, in the other order, expectation and preparation, it's, it's, it's like getting the ground ready, which is why I love this idea of tillage, because that's what it is. It's like you can expect from God. You can expect that God is going to plant a seed. But if the ground isn't ready, then he's not going to plant it. So that's what the preparation it's is. I God, I expect that you're going to you're going to grow increase and you're going to plant these seeds in my life, but I have to prepare the ground first. You know what I mean? I have to prepare the ground. Like even with right now in my life with this month and fasting, it's like I'm expecting God to plant something and do something, but it's like you got to prepare the ground first, right? In preparation so that God will move on the expectation. So it's a, it's like a um you know, they go hand in hand. And go hand in hand. If you're expecting God, what's your proof of preparation? And that's what you have to always be asking yourself. And maybe even like practically, I always say every Sunday, every Sunday service you go to or every service you walk into, what are you expecting from God? 
So the question you should be asking yourself, okay, how am I preparing for the expectation for God to move in the service? Like what, maybe it looks like waking up earlier, actually showing up on time, whatever the case may be. But, <laughs> you know, like, but that, that would be the, the preparation for the expectation. Um, so, yeah, I just, I just love that word, bro, because I love the imagery of getting the ground ready for the seed because it has to be. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I don't think there's anything left to say on that. I tillage. Tillage. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> bro, Optimus Farmer. Bag. I had to look it up. I was like, oh. I, I know there's a, bro, I was like, I know you, I know you, I know there's a word. And the funny part is, bro, the, like when we're in Nashville with John and Eric, bro, like we always show up to church late. <laughs> We Every never time. show up to church never, on time. Ever, bro. Like, ever. Ever. But, <laughs> nah. Which is crazy. Um, Yeah, God is always going to meet you at your level of expectation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's I think it's that simple. I'm, I'm reminded of, man, don't want to go there. I'm reminded of a particular story in the Old Testament, which is why I say that. But, no, I, I think that, you know, Again, like God's only going to meet you to your level of like expectation, um, but obviously the expectation is going to follow, you know, action. Yeah, and that's what that means. You know, like I feel like more in a more practical sense. Like, all right, like what do you mean he's going to meet me on a level of ex- expectation? We're like, all right, like how much of the ground is tilled? Like, right, right, that's right, like right. that's what that means. Like, mm-hmm. how much of like the <clears throat> um, how much opportunity have you left for him to like move mm-hmm. and and yeah. work in? Right, yeah. that. That's the sign of expectation, right? Like, you know, like whenever you um, maybe were getting picked up by like one of your friends, y'all about to take a trip, like y'all were driving or whatnot. They were like, yo, like I'm going to come like and pick you up. Like, yo, you had a level of expectation. You had the bag ready. You had the door open. The screen, the screen was already like unlocked, like everything. And like Mm -hmm. you're waiting patiently. You got everything together, organized, right? And you're like, yo, as soon as they say that I'm here, you're ready to move out of the door, you know? So um to that same capacity as how it is in our relationship with exactly, god exactly so that makes sense to me and so for my say it again i i saw and, and i can't remember it was, it was another podcast shout out to them uh, i think some of you may have saw this because it, it was a pretty viral clip but they were basically speaking to like christians and like the workplace mm. essentially um and they said that christians should be the best um Christians should essentially be the best in every single field and like industry mm. that there is. And I completely agree. And yeah. I guess like the thought that came after that um, was a question, which was how can you serve a God of excellence and not possess that same quality? And so I think that we really have to get to a point of acknowledging and walking into what's mentioned in first Corinthians ten thirty one. So whether you eat, drink or and whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Yeah. And even in this particular clip, um, in the conversation they were having, they were talking about like the aspect or concept of like work, particularly like with our generation. Yeah. And it seemed as something that is so like mundane mm. and beneath us and something that you should run away from and that you're lower on some social totem pole or hierarchy if you like you're diligent in what you do. Um, and in God's eyes, like it couldn't have been like the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. He um, is pleased with 
um, the way in which we carry ourselves and we manage the work that we do, even if it's not something that we think is like that significant, you know, if it's like that service job or, you know, I'm working mm-hmm. in a library at my school or like, you know, I'm an RA or like maybe I'm in a career that I'm not like super passionate about, but, you know, it is like my vocation or occupation at the moment. Yeah. He wants us to be very diligent in all of those particular things. And I feel as if, I kind of embodied that before I knew it was like a really a biblical concept because mm-hmm. I guess like growing up and as I kind of got, I begin to get older, I always possessed the mindset of like, yo, if I'm going to do something, like I'm going to do it like a hundred percent. Like there's no point in me being mediocre in anything. And then of course, as I started to step into understanding like the, the aspect of me being an ambassador for Christ, like, yo, like my work is a reflection of him. You know what I mean? So it's like, yo, like you want to be that individual who's cordial, who's kind, who's genuine, who's on, who's on time, who works diligently, who's uh, communicative, that can work with the team, right? And you know, they look at you, um, and that's going to like, you know, be a testament of like who he is and how he's working in your life, even in like your small day to day or like the jobs that you have. And so, yeah, excellence. I don't believe mm-hmm. in like a mediocre Christian that's an oxymoron. I think that's also a thought that I had. Like there's no such thing as a mediocre Christian. If we say that we serve a God of excellence, right? We should also be walking in that and making every effort to, right? Doesn't have to be perfection. Doesn't have to be right every single time, but we are putting our best foot forward to all that we do, knowing that we are representation of him in everything. And that's 24 seven. So that applies to our work as well. So, I mean, that's a conversation that we had. This was last week because mm. you mentioned how can we say we serve a God of power uh, and not walk in it. Yep. And so it stems from that that same mm-hmm, thought mm-hmm. Um, in the context of that conversation to this. Like, yo, like, you know, we should embody all these same qualities um, and, and not shy away from that. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah, I, I actually, I feel like it's so weird. Everything we talk about, bro, I feel like oh, <laughs> I just walked through or just had this thought or listen, but. So I'm about to start this new job at Texas Roadhouse like next week. And um, I feel like my perspective about it was so wrong going into it. And I was just looking at it like, I know this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing, but it's just kind of like, eh, like it's just here for now. You know what I mean? And and I think the the question I had to ask myself, I, this is giving different language for it, but the question I was asking myself is, okay, what is my first calling? Right? Like, yeah, I have a greater purpose, but what's my first purpose above like really everything else? And it's to represent God. Right. So, but I think that happens a lot. People have jobs and they're like, I know there's so much more for me and there's nothing wrong with striving for more, but don't forget. Okay. Like I said, bringing, bringing yourself back to this place where, well, my first calls are representing God. So yes, this job that I have right now, isn't the job that I want to have. Isn't even the job that God really has for me. Um, 10 years from now, five years from now, but while I'm here, I'm going to represent him. Well, and I think that's the mindset I had to have about, you know, this job I'm about to start. It's like, yeah, I want to be I got to do it. You know, I want to be the best. I got to be the best. You know what I mean? I got, I got to, and not necessarily even the best, but just represent God. Well, like, you know, be on time, be punctual. Um, yeah. Work hard. That's really all it is. Work <laughs> hard, bro. Put in some work, bro. Stop being lazy. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that's the, really the question. Like what's my first call? Cause that, that is our first call above everything else. Fact. Yeah. What's the first call? What's the first call, man? Represent him. So yeah, I think that's it. So, man, I what I was about to say, man, I I did God dirty on some of them jobs I had. I ain't gonna lie. No, as as we're speaking (laughs) about it, I'm like, wow, like 
I really am a God, rep- I am really a representation of God, and like I'm just looking back on some things that I I did. I'm God, like, I'm bro, sorry. like I was not some nah. of the yeah some of them jobs. I, I was, was not just, a good. I was just there, bro. I, I was, was just not showing a good up, ambassador <laughs> during those times. Help me, Lord. No, but okay. Getting into the putting you on segment where we coming with the heat, whatever yep. we've been playing, we've been listening to and just had on repeat for this week or here recently. Um, I played this in the car because we were we we drove on the way back together from the airport. Once I got back to the city, and I don't think you heard this. I don't know if you were awake or not, but I was. This is um, uninvited by John Keith and Juan Day. This is absolutely crazy. This was during the time I was like getting this like R and B playlist together. I'm just like letting like Spotify just like push me some mm-hmm. like music that they recommended to me. I came across this. I'm like, yo, this John's crazy. Especially like um during like the bridge and like when one day kicks in. It sounds like something like Kanye would produce. No, mm. uh, yeah. It yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah. Hurricane. It woke me it woke me up on my it's it's not an exaggeration, bro. When I heard it, it woke me up in my sleep. Like <laughs> I wasn't fully asleep, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Where you in, in between and you like half asleep. I heard it. I said, "I woke up." No, the base, no, the base of that, that John's crazy. I said, "This bro. is fire, bro." Brand, yeah, bro. Hold on, but <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, tap it. <laughs> Second guessing, is it 
co-workers is it friendship did you overheard summer is you checking in is it blessings or an investment is it dumb luck am i destined been a minute since i felt like myself is it winning if i'm killing my health and of course a lot of you if i lie to myself talking to the walls yeah i don't want to fall in. this is how you grow up and admitting that you broken I'm not too involved, I just don't know my emotions I don't know my emotions, I don't know my emotions I've been shadow, broken, fragile, falling Rash love, falling, shadows I've been shadow, broken, fragile, falling Rash love, shadows Phone off, girl, I need to go silent Hold on, leave the city outside us. Been so long since I let them slide. Emotions showing up uninvited. Yeah, that'll, hey, like I told y'all, man, that, that'll wake you up out your sleep, bro. That won't wake me up in my sleep. I went crazy. All right, so this one, this one I got. Yo, and I gotta, I feel bad for taking the credit, bro. Shout out to my girl. I'm not gonna lie, the last like four EPs we've done have been songs that she showed me. None of these has been songs that I found of my own. I feel bad kind of taking credit. But this one is Last Time um, by One House and Isaiah Roberts in my R&B bag the last couple of episodes. Let's go ahead and tap in. That classic R&B soul <laughs> music. <laughs> oh, God. I said that last time was gonna be the last time But here I am back again I thought I had control But I just can't let it go Oh no, I'm falling back again To tell you the truth I don't have an excuse for how I feel I just know it feels good But it ain't good for me If I told you I was done Would you ever believe me? Know that we've been here a million times Now I only want freedom From all of these demons I try to hide I know I said that last time was gonna be the last time But this time it's gotta end This thing that had a hold I'm taking back control I'm never going back again I know it feels good, but it ain't good for me, yeah If I told you I was done, would you ever believe me? Yeah. I know that we've been here a million times Now I only want freedom From all of these demons I try to hide I just want freedom But no, yeah, that's the one. What's that called? Last Time, One House, Isaiah Roberts. Yes, sir. So y'all know what it is. The playlist for Apple and Spotify's link in the description. Updated every single week. We got the other ones coming super soon for September. So go in, you know, follow, like, share. Y'all know what to do. But you know what it is. We got some special things coming yeah. for September. Yo, okay. Whoa. 
I feel like we have so many big announcements. Like we genuinely do. Like I know we've been saying that, but like we like we really do have a lot of things coming out that we can't disclose yet because of yeah, just like timing really. and just yeah. like release and like just you know of announcements. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yo, 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 y'all gonna be yo, y'all it's have tough, y'all just remember this episode one twenty five. Whenever we are speaking to this. When the moment comes, you'll be like, that's what they were talking about. We were talking about, yo, the (laughs) guests that we have lined up for like September and October. Crazy. Like, y'all don't need, no. I don't, like, yo, if you, if y'all can guess, I'll, if you can guess. I don't think anyone's going to, I don't think You're not. If you can guess the guests that we're going to have on within the next two months, like the one, like we're speaking, like, I'll send you some money. You don't want to put a number on it? <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? You know what? I'll send you some merch. dollars Okay, wait. Yeah, yeah, wait yeah. Free merch. Free yeah, because we got some merch and we still got in the back. Yo, I'll send, I'll send you free merch. Yo, because this is about to be like absolutely wild. But nonetheless, look, like um, we're getting into it um, starting like this Friday, I believe. Mm-hmm. If not this Friday, the next one after that with like all the interviews. Um, And so we're really excited. We've been having yeah. like some amazing conversations, a lot more to come. So y'all stay tuned for that. Um, and you know what it is. Stay you. Stay real. And stay humble. We'll catch y'all Friday. Much love.